0: C-B-C-C episode 10, my realization of the day. Our special guest goes by the name Spooky Astronauts. And every time I hear that, I always think of the Space Kook from Scooby-Doo. He was uh, that blue um, astronaut-looking creature ghost from Scooby-Doo, the original series, like one of the OG creatures. He was blue, had the dome top, helmet, and it flashed red and blue, and he had a skull face on the inside and had a cool laugh to him as well. It was a really cool creature, and the title of the episode that he appeared in is called The Spooky Space Kook, so I wonder if that's where Emma got the name from. I don't know, I didn't get a chance to ask her during the interview because it happened already, so let's go ahead and get to the show. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club. It is your host, Devon Taylor here. It is your boy, and guess what? We made it to episode 10. That is fucking sweet. Um, I'm very happy that we are 10 episodes deep into the podcast, even though it's only been like six weeks, but I've been loading up on the bonus episodes, so um, which I will continue to do, because I have nothing better to do in quarantine than work on this podcast, so... A lot of the times, you will get two episodes a week. It just uh, has been kind of happening that way. I didn't really plan on it, but just the way that I've been recording, that's just the way it happened. But ten episodes in, I feel like I've kind of gotten back into the groove of podcasting, and nine episodes in, eight of them have been solo episodes. Most of them have been just me, which is kind of what the show is intended to be. It's kind of like an intimate one-on-one type of deal between me and you, however, I'm starting to mix guests in a little bit more. Um, So, for episode 10, I do have a special guest coming up Spooky Astronauts, um, an Australian YouTuber, and she puts out awesome horror content. But we'll hear more from her here in a second. So, over the next few weeks, we got lots of special guests. I'm super excited about it. So, yes, so new guests are on the way. I also needed to make a note to make sure um, you go ahead and not only subscribe to Emma's YouTube channel which we'll plug a little bit later and it's in the description of the podcast but also make sure you check out my YouTube channel Bloody Blunts because there will be the guest episodes will be in video form on the YouTube channel and then solo episodes I'm just going to kind of break up into clips and post some clips or maybe some highlights or whatever um, for that episode but guest episodes will get video and then I'll also be doing some horror shorts we'll also be doing some ranking and list videos as well So a lot more content is coming to Blade Blunt's YouTube channel but I kind of just want to make sure the podcast stuff was Rolling nice and smoothly first So we have that going on so make sure you Subscribe to the YouTube channel I'm going to mention it at the End of the episode but I'm going to go ahead and mention it Now it would be a big Big help to the show if you guys Go on to Apple Podcasts Type in Blay Blunt Cinema Club Go to the review section You don't have to even type anything meaningful. Just type out a few words. It can be one word that you describe this podcast in. I don't care what you say. Just leave five stars and submit it. Because these five star reviews do help the show get discovered by more people. And don't worry. I will be bribing you guys here very shortly with a giveaway next month. um, That will include a Bloody Blunt Cinema Club care package. And I will reveal the contents of that care package here in a couple of weeks, but um, definitely just get on those uh, five-star podcast reviews because that will uh, get you better chances for the giveaway and it will just also help the show out greatly. I do just really appreciate it. I promise you I don't just sit here and like go on to the reviews and read them and like wank off or anything. It's like, it's not for me. It's for the show. It's for everybody. But yeah. And one more thing before we do get to the actual podcast with Spooky Astronauts, because of course, shit like this tends to happen to me. This is the only file on my uh, for the audio files that somehow got messed up. It got like merged with another episode. I don't know how that happened because I did record this episode a couple weeks ago and I didn't edit it until shortly before putting it up so the audio quality I had to use my backup audio from the episode which thank goodness I had anyways but it is backup audio it's not gonna be it's not gonna sound as good as usual podcast episodes do just because it is not the primary audio so I'm gonna edit it up the best of my abilities and try to make it sound a little bit better it is listenable so I mean it's not like the worst or anything it's just not up to my standards of audio so it is what it is but it doesn't matter what the sound quality is like because the quality of the interview is fantastic I'm super excited for this episode Hulk! all right guys I am super excited for the guests that we have today on the Blade Blunt Cinema Club um, she is a horror creator out of Australia. She makes great video content, primarily on YouTube, um, and just the the consistency that she has and the know-how and the knowledge, and uh, I just really admire this guest, so I'm super excited to have Emma, aka Spooky Astronauts. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. Like I said, um, before we start recording, you're just, uh, your channel that, I kind of saw that uh, start popping up while I was looking for more horror content. And uh, you're just so knowledgeable. But then on top of that, I always admire consistency with creators like, you know, you got your set amount of videos that come out same day every week and you're just like been on top of it. And I, and, and I admire that. I think that's a, a really underrated aspect of being a cre- an online creator in general is just having that consistency. So uh, I really applaud you for that.
1: Oh, thank you. It's it's. Yeah. A sacrifice (laughs) to be honest. So I've been doing it for five years and I've done at least two videos every single week. I did miss out a week recently. Um, like one day of the week. So I do two videos every single week, but in October I do 31 videos. So I do a video every single day of October. So that's someone
0: else. (laughs) That's actually how I found your channel.
1: Oh, really? uh,
0: You you were doing 31 days of horror and because you were kind of touching on um, movies that were harder to find reviews on. That's like what I love by you. Yeah. You review a lot of indie like more under the radar stuff to kind yeah. of get people's attention.
1: Well, that those ones are suggested by viewers, so they always try and find something they haven't seen. Um yeah. And it's, it's quite funny. Once I was looking up a movie to include in like a disturbing list or something like that. And um, I typed it into Google and my own review came up. So I've done so many reviews. I've forgotten like what movies I've even seen, which is so bad. Um, but oh, wow. That's, that's so happens. funny.
0: <laughs> you looking for content on and then you're like, oh, there's mine.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've seen this. Whoops.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so fun. So you've been doing it for five years and then you still have a day job, correct as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I'm lucky enough to only work four days a week now. So it's a little bit of balance, a little bit better. Um, but you know what it's like when you do anything online it's not like you can dedicate it all to a day or two. It's like a little bit every single day. So it's not like I really Mm -hmm. have any days off if that makes sense. It's definitely something that you've like, I've trained myself to do the consistency thing. Now I've like done it for five years. I don't even understand how people have free time. (laughs) Like, it's just not a thing for me.
0: It's all about the balance, you know, it's all about the balance and you know, obviously you're able to uh, balance the workload. So, you know, I'm sure you're able to balance everything else. And like you said, five years you get in just to have a routine. Like, does it, does it kind of feel like you just like kind of hop into autopilot when you're just like, all right, oh yeah, I'm to edit. We're doing this. I'm going to do this. And it's just like kind of automatic by this point.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Every every time I finish like my two videos of the week, I'm like, okay, so what's next? You know, like it never kind of ends. And even when I go away, like I usually do a big trip um, internationally every year for like three weeks and I just pre-record for that. So it's not like I even take those kind of breaks. I just like work mm-hmm. ahead, which sometimes is more stressful. <laughs> so Anyway, I don't mean to bag on it. I do love it. It's just a lot um yeah
0: it 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 is a lot and like i mean just me like getting getting back into it i like i did i used to do youtube videos like a few years ago and i had a podcast like three years ago Mm -hmm. and back then i was kind of doing it and i still never got into like the consistent swing but now uh, kind of training myself to kind of get into that sort. yeah luckily I have the benefit of we're still under quarantine and all that jazz so I'm so I haven't been working so I had no excuse but to start
1: out <laughs> sometimes I just feel like that's harder though because there's no separation of like socializing and going outside and like I don't know like when I was working from home and I'm still like things are a little bit different here but uh you know having my day job at home and then also having spooky astronauts and then also like trying to have a social life while you're in quarantine is a lot so sometimes it's good to kind of break it up and be able to get out of the house so you can get like creative again i feel like yeah don't be too hard on yourself <laughs> during a pandemic
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I definitely have respect for uh, the people that work from home and the discipline that it requires like I yeah want 100% for sure. respect you guys there so uh, before we get into uh, talking about the movie that you requested for us to talk about, we're talking some doppelganger movies today. Uh, Emma chose us. I chose the double. We're going to get into those movies here in a, here in a couple minutes. But um, to kind of get, you know, what what Emma's taste is like and, you know, just kind of where you're feeling right now. Um, I requested you, what is your, um, favorite movie of 2020 and then a hidden gem. So whichever one you want to talk about first.
1: Uh, so I was trying to go through and figure out like, there hasn't been that many like standout movies. I feel like for this year, um, a couple that I really loved, I love the hunt, which was really unexpected because I was not, I was not feeling like the American political vibes. (laughs) 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 I'm like, I've had enough of this. Um, in in a movie. And I was really surprised by that. I really love that movie. Obviously, Invisible Man was like a huge um, release and something that I was really invested in being Lee Winnells, the director who is Australian. And I absolutely, I like stalk him online. It's kind of, yeah, a little bit scary. Um, And I really liked Becky. Did you watch Becky?
0: I have not seen Becky yet. Oh my God. I have it waiting on the list. It was, it was playing at a drive-in. I really wanted to uh, see it at the drive-in. So I've been kind of holding out for that, but the past few weekends have just been all sorts of busy. So I'm kind of holding out to go see it at the drop. yeah,
1: yeah. It's it was very really surprising for me. But my favorite movie of 2020, and this is kind of not controversial. I don't think it's controversial, but it's split. Is The Lodge. I absolutely loved The Lodge. Um, it was one of the last movies I saw at the the cinema before they closed. They closed down. They're back open now, mm-hmm. but. Before they close down, which is really funny because the lodges um, set in, you know, like the middle of winter and it's like in a snowstorm. And we, I went and saw it in the middle of because obviously our seasons are opposite to you guys. Um, <laughs> it was like summer. It was so hot. I saw it in an outdoor cinema and we were like sweating the whole time. It was just like such a weird experience while you're watching these people who were like trapped in a snowstorm. Um, mm-hmm. But incredible movie. Have you seen it? I don't want to like spoil
0: anything. No, obviously. I have not seen it. Uh <laughs> But I do love the cast for it and I'm very excited to see that one as well. It's been, you know, because I've heard with that one, I've heard it's like kind of, it's a real downer, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I like those kind of (laughs) movies. I like them too. It's just why I'm in the mood for it, you know? it's harder mm-hmm. to find the the time when you're actually in the mood to be like, all right, I'm ready to just like oh, yeah. you know, get depressed for a minute, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's pretty deep. So it's, yeah, I, a lot of people are uh, comparing it to hereditary, um, but don't get like your hopes to, it's just like a couple of aspects that are similar, but it's the same kind of downer as hereditary is, but you know, it's like that epic theatrical downer. <laughs> so that's a new subgenre now. <laughs>
0: okay, okay. Um I mean the podcast has already heard what my favorite movie of the year is and it hasn't changed in those past couple episodes. My favorite movie of the year is uh, swallow. Um absolutely Oh. It. Love yeah, that yeah,
1: movie. that's a great one.
0: Yeah, there there's just something about that that like, you know, that that dreamlike suburbia look that it has to it. And then mm-hmm. just the way that they handle, you know, the, the subject matter that they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, because I think, you know, when you explain the concept to somebody, they're automatically thinking it's going to be like extra disgusting and like yeah. graphic and, in the way that they do it without spoiling it for people. Cause I do still want people to see that
1: mm-hmm.
0: movie because um, mm-hmm. uh, whenever we go forward, talking about us and the double, feel free to spoil those ones.
1: Okay, cool. But, uh,
0: <laughs> but for the for a twenty twenty movie, I won't spoil it yet. But hmm. since then I did see um Scare Package. Have you seen that? Oh, I haven't one? seen that
1: one yet. No, because it's Shudder, which yeah. sucks. We don't oh, have Shudder yeah, in Australia. So yet. I get some movies, I'm really lucky that I'm like just got on the Shutter like PR list, which is so fucking cool. I'm um, sorry, I don't I can't swear, can't I? Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <yes. Scare laughs> as much um yeah, so very lucky that I do get now I get sent some movies beforehand, which is just so good for me because I can't get those films at all anyway. So yeah, I haven't seen that one though. But yeah. I've heard it's pretty good, it's meant to be like quite silly and can yeah.
0: be. I love um I love a good anthology movie when, when done oh, really? really well. And mm-hmm. uh this one, I mean not all the segments are great, but the ones that are great are really really great none of them are bad like uh, the the worst segment at worst is just like oh that was still you know whatever but as far as um you know the overall concept goes I love if an anthology has a good bookend story you know the one that connects it through and that one worked really well and there's just a lot of really great special effects on it um so yeah cool whenever you get the chance to see that yeah I highly recommend it out and uh mm-hmm. what's a what's a hidden gem, something that you don't think that I might not know about, the audience might not know about.
1: Okay. Well I have two. Um one I've done like a review on which was extraordinary. It's like an Irish film. Have you heard of this? It's like a Irish comedy horror.
0: No, I don't think I heard of oh, that mind. one
1: you'll love it um it's super i don't know it's it's just so funny and the storyline is perfect it's about this really lonely lady who used to be like a medium and now she (laughs) owns like a what do you call it like a car driving school (laughs) it's 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 just weird um and she's just so endearing and just it's just so funny um and then it, there's like a Satanist subplot that gets tied <laughs> in there. Um, it's, yeah, it's hard to explain, but you need to watch it. It's just pure, like Irish, you know, UK kind of, I shouldn't say Irish and UK, people get really mad when say that. but you like, you know, that kind of comedy, like really sarcastic and um, dry and it's, and it's just really, really well done. They have, I love the whole like ghosts where they're like people in sheets. I don't know if you... I'm love. i into that kind of look.
0: (laughs) I don't know if you, I guess you haven't taken a hard look at my Instagram. I
1: haven't. I did look at your, like, went through YouTube, but no, I haven't. I need to.
0: Yeah, Um, I do. Some of my photography, I also do. I love uh, the ghost in the sheets.
1: Oh, cool.
0: Yeah, I Well, you and I will
1: probably have really similar Instagrams then. That's really funny. Uh,
0: Yes, I did. Because I have seen that you have done a few of those. I actually have a little short film of a little ghost in a sheet story. oh there you go well
1: then you'll love this you need to check out extraordinary for sure um yeah it's just really cute uh and then the other one is more serious which is not so horror more thriller which is queen of earth have you heard about this it's got elizabeth moss in it
0: Ooh, but we love elizabeth Moss. yeah i
1: know we do we do um And it's about her and a friend who stay in this like secluded kind of like cabin woods kind of getaway situation. And she just like starts going mad. (laughs) And it's meant to be about like a tale of friendship though, because you, yeah, I don't want to ruin it too much, but you it's like someone actually having like a psychotic like break and you see it through one side of someone reaching out and trying to help. And then you see it the other, the other way, if that makes sense. It's a very interesting movie. And Mm -hmm. I just love Elizabeth Moss. I try and watch as many movies as I can with her in it. Um, I've been trying to lately anyway. So uh, that was a real surprise because not a lot of people have heard about it. And I don't think it is A24, but it's got a very A24 feel to it. So mm-hmm. yeah, quite Okay,
0: the A24-esque vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love, uh, you know, I love actors that really commit to the genre, you know, and Elizabeth mm-hmm. Moss just has been in, you know, countless so great horror movies, you know, yeah. as, as many of them that she's had this year alone, you know, between Shelley and The Invisible Man. So uh, I I love her. I love just that she loves to dive straight into the genre and like is yeah. She's not scared her. at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. and she, she's in so many dark like she does so many dark characters from like Girl Interrupted, and then she was obviously Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. which oh my gosh, oh my gosh,
0: so good. Oh uh, yes, uh, so so good. Love Elizabeth Moss. My hidden gem is the movie I was gonna pick to talk about more. Um oh <laughs> wow I didn't even realize it also Elizabeth Moss uh the one that I love Have you seen
1: Yes yes I have seen it
0: with her yes. and Mark Duplass uh, Oh my
1: god I love him so much he oh, is, he's so great
0: I think he's one of the most underrated creators that we have right now my my lady is literally watching um the morning show right now but yeah uh, I absolutely love this movie uh for the listeners if you haven't Heard of this movie. Um, it's about a couple. They're just uh, you know, they're kind of having some issues, so they want to go take a little trip, you know, kind of reignite the flame. They go to this nice beach house, and you know, we're talking doppelganger, so I guess that's not really a spoiler. But I don't think it's a spoiler. There's there's some doppelganger shenanigans going on. And I I just really love how intimate and quiet the movie is, like, you know, with just focusing solely on them and this and the location and the weekend and it really kind of puts you know some some things that when you've been with in a relationship for a long time uh some of the things that you know come up that you know aren't necessarily things just happen whether it it happens in a good or a bad way it's just like no that's just kind of a development that happens in Mm -hmm. relationships I think the movie does a really good job of uh, depicting that and then you know, Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss together, just fantastic. Like, ah, uh, love Mark Duplass.
1: Yeah, he's so great. And the, I, what I really loved about that movie is you're not really sure going into it, if it's meant to be like a comedy or a drama, and then it mm-hmm. just gets like a little bit
0: Darker. like thriller
1: and then it gets back and that you it just kind of takes you everywhere which i thought was really cool but I, I really do like that aspect as well they touch on things in relationships that you don't really see in a lot of um movies which i think is cool
0: yeah it's uh it definitely just uh it has uh brings you on such a emotional journey throughout that movie but um again for just how small it is i, I absolutely love it but uh i only brought one hidden gem with me and you saw it so you kind of <laughs> got me there but so that means Sorry. we're just gonna go ahead and we're gonna get into it talking about the movies. So we're talking about doppelganger movies and it us fits into the monthly theme because I didn't um I managed to work your movie into the monthly theme. The the July theme of the podcast is fun in the sun, heat soap poor. <laughs> so that's what we're so us you know we do have that they it's a family summer family vacation santa cruz Mm -hmm. a lot of it takes place during the daytime so it does fit in but Mm -hmm. so the way that um i like to break down movies before we get into them here on label and Cinema club is called the genre genre grinder it's the same as if you were you know uh if you're about to smoke some weed you're about to you, you grind it up and and you you know make it all fine so that way you can really appreciate it so that's what we do before we get into the movies so for for us i get so it's weird that a lot of people were like you know a lot of people didn't call get out a horror which i still consider it a horror movie i know right
1: it's 100 percent horror that's ridiculous yeah the
0: i've had i've seen (laughs) weird opinions on get out but then when us came out people go oh now he's making a more straightforward horror i'm like get out was still horror. that's
1: crazy it's it's yeah that's stupid yeah i
0: think it yeah i think it was silly so but us i guess if you were to ask someone else it is a more straightforward horror movie so we have some we have some elements of home invasion in here oh yeah we obviously uh, have the psychological thriller aspect with the doppelgangers mm-hmm um what which of those like more speaks to you is it the the, the psychological aspect or oh do you really like the home invasion set pieces so like how would yeah you, i think
1: that that's probably you probably you know hit on why it's such a good film because it does have so many different elements also has like such like a survival you know um element where they're trying to like travel to get away it's almost like an a you know a, apocalyptic <laughs> film at the same time mm-hmm. because like everything around them is crashing down but i would say um yeah i mean i obviously go more towards the psychological um horrors with all films so that, that makes more sense to me but um i was just gonna say the thing is even if it is home invasion it doesn't have to happen in their home it could have happened to them anywhere
0: exactly you know they coming for them yeah they could have got them is, on the
1: beach or you know
0: whatever anything that's disrupting your comfort i guess would be mm. considered it can be considered home invasion. And on top of that, it's a great family movie. You know, <laughs> like you, when you like, I love seeing a family that is genuine. Like you actually, can yeah, the interactions between them. Like they did a really yeah, good yeah, they got great of, chemistry. Yeah, the family just has great chemistry together all around, and just uh, really seeps into that and like kind of that, you know, that you know, everyone's got each other's back vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I I do love that in in horror movies. I feel like we don't get as much of that. I feel like that was like kind of something that was very popular in like the 80s with movies like poltergeist and things like that it was mm-hmm. a lot more popular to have like family-centric horror movies because you yeah. know it's either the parents are gone and the kids are getting babysat or it's focusing mm-hmm. right on adults so yeah I, like I don't get as much of that anymore
1: yeah, I feel like maybe that's, like, generational because more, like, now people are so focused on, like, mental health and all that kind of thing, and it's such, like, an individual journey where before, like, the horror, yeah, happens to the whole family. I don't know. Like, that's a very good point.
0: <laughs> so, so what is it that that you love so much about this movie? What what was it that stuck out to you and that you just can't stop thinking about?
1: The scene, the fighting scene in the, like, the classroom-esque, you know, setting um, mm-hmm. when she's fighting herself. Um, that every time, goosebumps, and then she goes into the dance in the hall where she's, you know, it's flashing back between her being a ballerina and her having, you know, like, trying to get away from herself. I love, like, seriously, even thinking about it, I just get goosebumps. I absolutely love that scene. I saw this movie three times in the cinema. Mm. I made everyone like, come see it afterwards. Like, I, yeah, my, my boyfriend hates horror movies, and I made him watch it. <laughs> I, like, make everyone watch this movie. I love it so much. Um, But that scene, every single time, like, I just, there's just so much to break down. And that's why Jordan Peele's so great. It's the same thing with Get Out. Um, you could just go through scene by scene by scene and um, pick the whole film apart. Actually, I was really lucky. Um, I was sent um, by like a viewer, uh, mm-hmm. the book that he sent out to film festivals. I should have brought it down here. The book that he sent out to um, film festivals and it has every single object from the film, like symbol and like uh-huh. breaks down why and everything. And it's, it's beautiful but every single thing about that about the film means something and you can watch it several times and pick up stuff along the way like from the 11, 11 that you see like you know on the tv mm-hmm. in parts and you know i'm showing sure you know all the symbols it's just so crazy
0: yeah i absolutely and and listeners as they've kind of learned on the past few episodes i am i'm obsessed with visual storytelling like it's one of my favorite things and jordan peele is just so great with his symbolism i remember Mm -hmm. whenever the first time whenever i saw it in theaters i saw it i saw it twice in cinema and i remember the first time even during the the scene uh after uh, at the beginning where they're showing the tv you know and Mm -hmm. the commercials you know i -hmm. remember looking at to making, I was making sure I looked at all of the um, the VHS the titles, yeah. To be like, okay, I was, I was like, all right, I see Nightmare on Elm Street, I see Chud, yeah. I see Goonies. I'm like, <laughs> what's it, what's it mean? And of course, you know, Chud is pretty much like the the primary influence for this movie, I would say. So, so yeah, I kind of had that already. Like, I remember on that first viewing, like just like looking at things and going, I bet that's gonna be important. And then you watch it mm-hmm. again, you're like, that was important. I knew it. And yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I love how you said it's, it's everything does mean something like he, he does it intentionally. Like, you know, it's not that he's dressing the scenes or having um, random lines of dialogue for no particular reason. Like he is mm-hmm. he's a very well thought out uh, filmmaker. What stood out to me rewatching it today was the the initial living room scene whenever mm-hmm. the the Red family infiltrates the family, and then they get them all in the living room, you know, finally, and then Red has her, her speech and- Her just,
1: voice, oh my gosh.
0: Her voice, like, I mean, one, it hurts, like, <laughs> yeah. it hurts me whenever <laughs> she's doing it, and mm-hmm. then I remember, like, uh, I remember whenever I saw it in cinemas, I mean, the theater was so quiet because everybody was just so zoned in on Lupita, like, the way that she commands mm-hmm. that scene. And not only her as Red, I mean, her as Addie, the fear that Addie yeah. has versus, you know, mm-hmm. the power and control that Red has in that scene is just, it It really just like, I'm like, wow. Like, she just really draws you in. And it was such a, like, the fact that she didn't get an Oscar, just.
1: Yeah. Not, no, not no I it. totally agree.
0: Oscars hate horror movies. I just don't get it. Because it happens. It, she was just too good. She was just too good. And so, yeah, so that's the. That's the scene that uh, really sticks out to me. So I also had a very interesting thought during this rewatch um, randomly. Because, you know, so Zoli so Winnell did the Invisible Man. And, you know, I think we can kind of assume that Blumhouse is going to be kind of controlling these universal monster movies from, from here going forward. Because uh, they also just announced that they hopped on the, um, the Wolfman movie mm-hmm. with Ryan Gosling coming, too.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so I think it is kind of expected that, you know, Jordan Peele he's gotten to do his two original films. I assume someone's gonna get him to do something. I oh, assume yeah. he would do an a monster movie or a universal monster. I don't even know if this counts as a universal monster, but he would be perfect for doing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde.
1: <laughs> no, it does count for sure. Um yeah, I mean, I to be honest, I would. I, there's not a film I wouldn't want to see him, you know, take on. Oh yeah, um,
0: please, like I'll give his mind to anything. Yeah. But, it's like you know, with the way they explore his duality here,
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: I thought of I loved having um, Yahya Abdul Mateen, who just plays Addy's dad at the very beginning. I would love to see him more, and obviously we're gonna see him a lot more in Candyman. But I think him and then because I remember I thought that Addie's dad was played by Coleman Domingo because they kind of have a likeliness to him, except Coleman Domingo like looks a little bit crazier so I was like so you
1: think that would be the perfect oh so I was like what if they <laughs>
0: played the pair together had Jordan wow. it, he could kind of yeah. you know bring his social thriller aspect to it
1: yeah, yeah, you're right. But I wonder if, if, since he's done something that's, you know, kind of doppelganger, if he would want to do something completely different as well, because it's not like he really touches on the same thing. Because I think Get yeah. Out and Us are like so different. Um, it's it's kind of crazy that people compare them so much because they're s- such different yeah. stories. They couldn't be more different.
0: I don't know. I think that's just kind of a trend that we've been having in horror lately, because I mean, everybody does it with R.E.S. There's two movies which Yeah, true, which is so films.
1: different, yeah.
0: And, and Robert Eggers, same thing. He only yeah. has these two films and people like to compare those two against each other.
1: Yeah. Also, very yeah. different films. True,
0: So true. So, yeah, it is kind of hard. And, and I, of course, would rather see something original from Jordan Peele. You know, obviously, yeah. we get enough of adaptions and remakes stuff, so obviously I would take that. Mm. But if they're going to yeah. get them to do some sort of big property, I would like to see something in that vein
1: yeah i mean i would my favorite ones uh um for universal monsters are like uh, like phantom of the opera um frankenstein and uh creature from the black lagoon um which i think i don't think they're going to touch creature from the black lagoon for a while because we've had so many like similar kind of films come out recently that kind of want to touch that Mm. um i would love to see him do frankenstein though i think that would be Mm. but i i just can't imagine like a modern frankenstein to be honest I wonder what that would look like.
0: I know. I feel like we've gotten like just like every sort of take on Frankenstein we could have by now. I mean, we've had mm-hmm. action hero Frankenstein. We've had monster Frankenstein. We've had, uh, you know, a Frankenstein movie just about James McAvoy and, and Daniel Radcliffe and not really about Frankenstein. So, I mean, <laughs> we've had all the... You know, just about every type of Frankenstein movie yeah. think of. But you know, he wouldn't probably be the person to kind of bring some freshness to it.
1: Yeah. Be interesting. But yeah, no, I'm really excited to see where they go with the um the whole universal um monsters, especially since like this whole thing was canned and now it's like up and running again because of Invisible Man, which is really cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I think they just got the idea, it's like, okay, hey, let's not try to do the the shared universe. Let's not jump through. Thank gun. God do I all the that. connectedness you know they're oh, just like, yeah just take them and have them exist the way that they do and if they are able to cross over cool that would yeah. be fun. but it's yeah necessary
1: well that was another thing about um us because there were so many different theories around it everyone kept trying to connect us and get out and they're like oh it's the same guy and i'm like it's not <laughs> it's not the same thing because i'm just stop it yeah oh i i don't like superhero movies um there's a couple of, of, of of exceptions like i like some batman movies and stuff like that but um i'm not super into superhero movies especially the ones that connect like i hate that kind of thing so when everyone keeps trying to connect all these um horror movies it makes me so mad like that's why i don't like um the conjuring movies that much because it feels like movies just are invented to make things connect
0: you yeah know? They, and it, they- yeah, that kind of fell apart, didn't it?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, and that's why I like Jordan Peele and like all of these emerging um, like new age like horror directors because they make things that can stand alone so well, and I would rather see that than you know the same character coming back for a sequel.
0: For sure. So as we get you know a little bit more into it, one other thing I had to shout out is the Michael Abel score because yes oh my gosh. once again like he got shafted for get out he didn't even get nominated for best Score yeah out, which was ridiculous and then this one he brings the heat again like i love the i'm, I'm a sucker for scores that have choral or children chanting in it
1: same 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 <laughs>
0: I, I was about to say i was like i feel like you mentioned that in one of your i've done i did
1: yeah yeah i will this oh my gosh the the opening titles for um for us is just insane and the whole story behind it is so interesting the fact that it's like a made-up language so it doesn't sound like anything but it's like uncanny at the same time um i just love it i just and it it has that kind of old school feel to it because it does have that chanting which like really reminds me of like movies like the, the omen and things like that um But then it it like kicks into like the when the beat kicks in, it's like oh, but this is modern. This isn't like meant to be like an old kind of like choir thing. It's it's so trippy.
0: Yeah, you think it's it's like such a
1: beautiful soundtrack.
0: Yeah, you think it's like some like you know like ancestral like African tribesmen music or something. But yeah, but then it has this Mm. modern flair to it too. Um, And I love the the track when Addy is going down the escalator, and you have the shot. I mean that when that track kicks in i mean it just comes in so hard and I, and like you know the image of her just like ready you can see it in her eyes that she's ready to kill like it's not yeah it's not just ready to fight yeah to kill, and you can kind of see it
1: there's just so many moments of that film that every single time i watch them they still kind of shock me and what's really interesting is you guys in america i think like two weeks before us and i usually have to go and like mute everything on twitter yep. like keywords and stuff so i don't see anything and i was so worried about spoilers because i was really excited for this film and when i went into the cinema to watch it and then the title like you know come up at the start talking about the underground and i'm like whoa i have no idea what this film is about at all like everyone like all the marketing was all about doppelgangers and things like that but it, really it's like about an underground world which is, it was so unexpected and what i love about it is even though moments can seem like predictable there's so much there's so much to this film that i feel like it can't be spoiled like you, mm-hmm. there's just so many different aspects in every single scene um and i i well, the first time i watched it i knew that not that she was like they've they've you know switched that she knew more than everyone else when she like closes the bedroom windows, mm-hmm. um when she's like putting her kid to bed and she's like you know she knows something's coming for her and you can tell she knows what it is which uh and it, yeah. th- that scene just like freaks me every time. Cause.
0: That scene is interesting because the once you know the information because I don't call it a twist I just call it it's more of a reveal of information because I don't mm-hmm. I'd say a twist is when they're trying to misguide you you know Jordan Peele wasn't trying to misguide or throw anyone off the scent. Like, he put the clues there if you, like, yeah, for on sure. the fact that, you know, she wasn't speaking afterwards and, you know, the kind of stuff like that. And then so it, read, it made it different, that scene specifically, when they're in the bedroom, because the first time you watch it, you're reading as Addie trying to deal with feelings of, like, trauma and, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, traumatic, like, almost like PTSD or something. But then and 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 it and you also kind of feel more cause you almost feel like Gabe isn't being as sympathetic as he could be. And then but then when you watch it the second time and you realize, oh, it's not because of trauma at all. It's more like the way I read it is she's guilty. It's like more of she's kind of guilty yeah. of this life that she's she got the lead. For her. Yeah, she's got mm-hmm. she she feels guilty for this life that she's gotten a lead. And now, yeah, it's gonna it's about to come back for her. So it's like getting to read those scenes completely different different uh, yeah from each other was super interesting so so i kind of have a feeling what your thoughts would be but as far as because the the thing that's interesting with this movie is like you can you can kind of poke a lot of holes into the the doppelganger situation of it all you know Mm -hmm. and and for me i'm not like i'll nitpick something but at the same time, I won't let that nitpick like spoil my enjoyment of it, you know, mm-hmm. That's like so this one's like kind of just take it as it is and don't think too hard Yeah. because then I kind of started thinking too hard on the okay, but why would they the clones on the bottom want to control the people on top and if it's all around the world is everybody like how many tones <laughs> systems is there really and then I was but one thing I did want to question though is so if if tethered, if, if original tethered Addie, who is our Addie, and then she grows up a mm-hmm. normal life, but she was born or created as a tethered, however they were, you know, created. Mm-hmm. So how, and then she had kids with Gabe and their kids mm-hmm. turned out normal,
1: but mm-hmm. then Red,
0: who is an actual like human, or an mm-hmm. original human, she has kids with Abraham, and they don't mm-hmm. turn out so i don't know i guess i guess the the tethered trade is just dominant i don't know but well i
1: think it might be as well like nature versus nurture like in that
0: too yes i mean and that's kind no of sunlight old, yeah well <laughs> because well when she's telling the story she said like the yeah. the little girl was born laughing like she was already crazy
1: yeah and, and that, he was born to the fire yeah, yeah.
0: So, I don't know. But then, like I said, that's, that's just me unraveling the yarn ball yeah. for a reason.
1: Uh, I just, like, one of the things I kept hearing from people is this <laughs> stupid, just, like, nitpick, was when she was coming down, like, the escalator, like, how did she go down backwards? And, you know, like, the escalator's going w- up at one point, and then she's, like, coming down. <laughs> I'm like, I'm is- sure, like, <laughs> I'm, like, it's fine. <laughs> like, that. It's I'm sure that it would have worked out another <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i thought was quite funny. Oh uh, yeah, it was so good. Um did, the, have you been to sorry.
0: Have i been to where?
1: Uh did you go to Halloween Horror Nights last no, year?
0: I didn't get to go. And I went I they, to the one
1: in um Hollywood and it was insane the house cuz he was the only guy who like well he's the only um director that's ever like picked all of the talent and made the house and it was so cool to go through that and like relive every moment of it it's yeah. like you're going through the plot it was so cool but
0: it felt like you know tailored to you because like since he actually did kind of get a hand in it yeah and yeah um, Sorry, man. i just want to mention it. oh so i wish i did i wish i did i wish i was on the press list and got the nice golden scissors you know all those things <sighs> <laughs> but yeah just it's such a it's such a cool movie and like you know once you go back and just this one I mean if I did have to compare them to Get Out just for the sake of it
1: don't compare don't, them yet
0: just for the sake of it <laughs> like this is a more fun horror movie
1: oh yeah for say. sure it's oh more, no I mean Get Out has some fun moments though get I Out mean it's quite things. serious don't get me wrong but like yeah. the ending like he changed the ending so it wasn't you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, like, that moment when he steps out of the car and get out, you're, True. You, you have laugh a little bit.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, not saying that's not funny, but, like, you yeah. know, fun. it's a more fun watch. Like, if I was to yeah. pick one of them just to, like, more throw on in the background or, like, when hanging out with somebody, I would throw on us versus throwing on get out. At least that's that's yeah. that that's where I would lean on it.
1: <laughs> I think I do opposite just because if I put on us, I'm like, everyone pay attention to this because of you know the freaking little toy ambulance is meant to be this ambulance. <laughs> like, I just get so into it. I love us so much and I don't understand. Some people hate it. And I just, I, like that, is, it's an actual masterpiece. And oh, I, I say that all the time. People.
0: It's so good. And I think people overreact to what their idea of an awful movie is. Like do you ever For sure. Like so side story, it was a whole ordeal just to get to watch it today because for some reason us is only available to purchase. You can't uh oh. rent it and oh, it's really? not streaming on HBO anymore, which it was like a couple weeks ago, but you can't rent it even. You only can mm. buy it online and I was like this is so annoying and i was like <laughs> I searching and then i was like i thought i was gonna have to go to a red box and go get one from a red box have you ever looked at the reviews on on red box
1: no <laughs> I, mean,
0: I mean there's you know there's you you have your written reviews up here and then then there's you know then there's letterbox reviews those are like you uh-huh. know the film buffs and they know a little bit something but then there's there's some funny letterbox ones and then there's Google, Amazon reviews. And then down under there <laughs> is the Redbox review. Oh, God. And it has like an average of one and a half stars. I, I, out of five? Out of five. I couldn't oh, believe wow. it. People are just like, terrible, awful, god awful movie. Don't get the hype.
1: What it the hell? Makes
0: no sense. I was, I, could, I was so confused. I thought I was like reading something from The Twilight Zone. yeah so the the fact that a lot of people hate on this movie and like even if it doesn't make sense to you just the filmmaking itself is alone to make it not an awful movie like you can't say the way that it looks and the way that shot and the sound design you can't say all that's awful because it's not everybody's hated or love it these days you know yeah they are there's no in between because then your opinion's not interesting enough you know, if you yeah. weren't hating it enough or you didn't love it enough.
1: Yeah, I get that a lot. I get a lot of people say like, oh, why didn't you do a review for this? Like, oh, I don't know. I just kind of felt in between and I'm not going to really talk about something if I'm like, yeah, it was, it was all right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. up to you. Um, And, but I did like my best of 2019 films. This was obviously number one was um Us. And so I get comments all the time. People saying, us is trash. I can't believe you said this is number one. Like unfollowed. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... Ooh. I obviously, I don't
0: really want to. <laughs> you don't say, have to be your, here if that's how you feel. <laughs> exactly. Get out Crazy. of. Click off the internet. Make your own list. <laughs> <dip forest>. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, there is no opinion shaming around here on the Boy Blunt Cinema Club. So, and to talk about the the other doppelganger movie that I brought to the table is uh, the Double, which is mm-hmm. a movie I feel like a lot more people probably haven't seen. Um yeah, for sure. It's uh stars Jesse Eisenberg and directed by Richard Iote of all people. Yeah,
1: yeah, which I didn't even know until I rewatched it. I
0: was I didn't, like, wait, who
1: directs this? What the hell?
0: Yeah, I didn't realize it until I rewatched this movie, I think it was like six months ago or so. I rewatched it and then yeah, and I noticed I went, What? I was like Richard Ayote of all and he's only and it's crazy because he's only done two movies and as mm-hmm. he hasn't made more. Um, he also uh, directed Submarine, which I didn't know he directed that either.
1: I haven't seen that, but I did see that he directed it, yeah.
0: Yeah, but uh, but this was a, is, is, it's a really good movie, and not on top of it being a doppelganger movie, it's a doppel-doppelganger movie, because it was also, you know those cases, um, you know, where two oh, of yeah. the similar movies come out in the same year, Armageddon, Deep Impact, uh, Dante's Peak, and Volcano, and this one had Enemy which came out in 2013, the Denis Villeneuve film. So, and a lot of people love that one as yeah, Jake, Jake Hall. So it kind of got more shine, which I don't get, yeah. because I think that one's kind of boring. <laughs> <I>
1: mean, <laughs> they're very different, though. Like, the stylization of them is so different.
0: They're very different, and it's also interesting. They're both based off of books called The Double, but different books
1: oh wow i did not know that yeah it's crazy
0: such a so all the weird doubleness that of is that, so uh, weird super strange but yeah but so everybody kind of gravitated more towards the villeneuve one which i mean i love Denis villeneuve fantastic uh filmmaker and the film is made well i just find it kind of boring <laughs> this one on the other hand is just such a it's such a trip because mm. of I, I love the style of it like This is just, like, right up my alley. I love any time a film does, like, any sort of, like, monochrome aesthetic. And, like, this one is, like, overwhelming with this, like, tingy yellow color.
1: Yeah, it's really cold.
0: Yeah, it's, like, really cold, which is weird for a bright color, you know? And Mm -hmm. the movie, it has this timelessness aspect to it because, like, Mm -hmm. what year is it? They have old, old TVs, but they still have, like, Printers and copy machines, and it's like
1: yeah. Well, what? I think like the location as well because everyone, um, you know, you have like uh, someone with an American accent, someone with an Australian mm-hmm. accent, someone with a British accent. Like, it's not really meant to be in a certain place, which I really liked. I, I appreciated they let people use their own <laughs> accents.
0: Yeah, I just uh, yeah, I love the the just the time the out of time aspect of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of in a similar fashion like how it follows does you know kind of has those like weird futuristic things but that also seems old school yeah and um yeah richard aioli just has a really like great eye for these these lingering shots that just like are very hypnotic he has he has this dramatic lighting with the mm-hmm. that you know has like sometimes creates a spotlight on people like as if they're on broadway mm-hmm. but then has these like real moody shadows it's just a very yeah. movie, movie in general. And it's very much my shit. Like, yeah. if like you looked at my photography, you would think you would like see it and be like, "Oh, this makes so much sense!" Like for you, because like it's just very much like my aesthetic, and I love like just pop it back on. It has a great score to it as well. Um, but what were some things that popped out to you when you rewatched it?
1: Uh, I I find like the film the probably the reason that you like they're so different. Uh, the Double and Enemy is Enemy is like such a slow paced film. And although The Double is um, is kind of slow at the start, it has like that aggravating like um, annoyance to it where you're just watching someone go through a situation. I remind like it reminds me a lot of Mother um, where you're just like watching something happen to someone and you just want to like shake everyone around them and you can't. And so that's probably why it grips you so much is because you you can't look away, but like you're stuck there with him. And especially since you don't know when it's happening or where it's happening, he you can't see like him moving to a different apartment or getting another job because you never see that for him. So he's just kind of stuck in the situation. And that's like the whole thing that's holding you there. And I mean, as we're saying, we're, we're doing spoilers and there's no real out to that, which we kind of see, which is awful. I mean, he kind of creates his own out, but at the same time, he's still living the same life and he still has has to be within those restraints of, you know, what his daily routine looks like, which is, it's just so crazy. Like that whole routine.
0: It's a, it's kind of a dour movie. Like you said, it's like kind of that, well, you're not really going to be able to escape this. And yeah. I love the, the, how you described it. It's like just everyone in the movie is just like the way they shit on Simon, <laughs> Just so hard, through like everybody, like acting as if he like just like doesn't exist, and like, yeah, like, I would instantly be questioning like, am I going crazy? Like, am I crazy? Yeah, been like, here for seven mm-hmm. years, and you don't know who I am? Like, yeah, the, the, the yeah, yeah, the way that they just like because it is slow, but then the movie's only eighty six minutes before yeah,
1: death. it's quite fast.
0: It's mm-hmm. pretty, it's pretty um, easy going. But yeah, so it does kind of, I think it is, the the pace does work a little bit better. And and I do love G. don't get me wrong, but I do think that Jesse Eisenberg like kind of portrayed the extremes a little bit better just because it is weird seeing a very, because Jesse Eisenberg is so well known for playing those meek roles. It's weird seeing him being like yeah. all assertive and like charming. And, yeah, like, for sure. And it's super jarring. So I feel like he portrayed mm-hmm. the brains a little bit better than they wrote Jake Gyllenhaal's characters and enemies. Yeah. So it just and and you and it you just get it because like you said, the way that they set everything up and everybody's shitting on, him, you just like get that he's gonna snap at any point. Like when is it gonna happen? Like snap now. Yeah. or how, how have you not? And seen you're hoping it for it. Yeah. Yeah. So then Yeah, that moment the he's
1: like he's like holding that like report or whatever, and then the, you know. Um, James comes and like grabs it out of him and just like gives it straight to like the boss like like, right in front of him he's like oh yeah I did this and you're like what the like you just want to how does he get away with everything it's infuriating to watch so you're just hoping and when he finally does snap you know he's not going to get it you know they take they take him away anyway but Mm -hmm. when he does snap you're like finally like I just don't know how anyone can like stand back and watch this as it keeps going on like slowly right in front of him but yeah I do think you're right the runtime really does help with that because if you had to watch that anymore, it's just so aggravating.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you're just like, you're just like, please get to it. And it's another movie. I love um, uh, Mia Wisakowska. I believe. Oh, God. do the, the pronunciation? I, I believe that's how you say it. I, I usually yeah, no, no. I think that's good. It. I say Mia, what's her name? Is a <laughs> name? That sounds
1: like what I would say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember, because I remember just after Alice in Wonderland, I thought she was oh, yeah, of course. the most boring actress I'd ever seen, you know? So I always would have this preconceived, like, thought every time I saw her mm-hmm. name pop up in something. And then this was, like, the first movie that I saw her and I was like, oh. I was like, she's Yeah, really she's good. great in this. And then, you know, and then um, she's also really good in uh, Only Lovers Left Alive. Have you seen that one?
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I do not like that film.
0: <laughs> you know, that one grew on me. It took a lot of watches, yeah. but it's grown on me over time. But I think she's really great. I've only yeah. seen it
1: once. But she is good. I, I like her.
0: And, uh, yeah, and she's great in Crimson Peak as well. She uh, has uh, a really, you know, just that that weird, interesting presence. And mm-hmm. I think she just... Quirky maybe, girl. Yeah, you know, she definitely does kind of have that quirky girl Like, almost that, you know, same as, like, Imogen Putz, who has also been in a movie recently yeah. with Eisenberg. And, um uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love her in this as well. Um, you have a uh, Wallace Shawn. He's always a win when you have him as Mr. Papadopoulos. Uh, his mom.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And um, but yeah, it's a it's just a it's a really weird movie. So if you guys have not seen this movie, I highly recommend it because it is just kind of one of those ones that went under the radar and like kind of got looped in with other movies and whatnot. But the the biggest thing that really kind of I had two parallels between this and us. The first one being between our protagonists. So like I said, in the first one, we have Addie that is kind of feeling feeling this guilt for the life that she has lived. And then on the other hand, for the double, you have Simon who is like down on himself for the life that he hasn't lived because he's not Mm -hmm. more assertive and living up to expectations. So I think it's like a weird inverse between the the two of them the way their paths go yeah and then i would also say another interesting thing is that i like about the double because like i said with us if you pick if you want to try and poke holes and like the doppelganger stuff it's kind of easy to do because jordan peel also did try to explain a little bit too much the double doesn't explain shit they mm. the only thing that we learn is that their pain is connected to each other and that's it. Mm-hmm. We're not, we don't get any answers. We have no reason to, as why anything was the way it was in this movie. It just kind of was. Yeah. And I like that. I love it when movies do that.
1: There was a theory, um, because the guy who like takes the tickets at the start, you know, who wouldn't let him into like the building. Yeah. He turns out to be the doctor later. Mm-hmm. So there's like a theory that there yeah. is two, two people. I don't know if you read this, that there is, there's a double of everybody in this like world. So you only actually see his double, but there is a double for everybody, which I thought was really cool. Like they just kind of plan that in there. I don't know if the mm-hmm. book kind of reveals more, um, but I liked that. Cause you just see him shocked when he talks to the doctor and you're not sure why. Yeah. And then you realize, um, and again, he doesn't recognize him. So you're like, he doesn't recognize him every single day at work. So you're not sure if it's because of that or if it is because,
0: because they also switch lives. Yeah.
1: So- but then he says as well, the ticket guy, he says, I don't work on weekends. So like, <laughs> maybe he's the doctor on the weekends. I don't know. Like <laughs> huh. and maybe I was like, wait, is it? Yeah. Maybe there is a double of everybody and he's just just caught up to him.
0: That is so interesting. I I did not see that. I try not to. I try not to do my go too deep into research and like looking at other people's theories, so that way I kind of keep my opinion fresh. Yeah. I didn't really look into it, but now that we've done the episode, I can look into it. That is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah. But again, it's just like kind of thrown out there as a meh. Like that that could be it. There could be you know like I don't know because like I also have like for some reason the double feels like it like takes place like all underground even like because we only go to like outside locations twice so i don't know something mm-hmm. feels weird about just that whole re- world in general and I yeah for sure it. but um and yeah so i'm glad that was a movie that you had seen before and then you kind of got to watch it and get a little bit of a different take from it
1: yeah yeah definitely more appreciation for it on um, the second time around
0: for sure for sure well, I think that's about all I have on those two movies. Is there anything else that your heart just that you need to get out of your heart about the movie <laughs> Us?
1: I just love it. I love it so much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure you feel the same, which is I'm really glad. Cause I, I didn't know that I, when I suggested it to you, I was like, what if he hates it? <laughs> yeah, no. So I'm glad that you like it.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I uh, definitely got a little bit more of an appreciation for it as well. Um, you know, because I, I, I rewatch movies a ton. That's like mm-hmm. I, I think I almost like I try to keep a pretty good balance of like trying to keep up with newer stuff, but like mm-hmm. I love to rewatch things and kind of pick up on those uh clues you didn't see the first time and things of that nature because um I don't know, it's always a little bit more rewarding and you know, kinda of learn a little bit more tricks and things that I can kind of use as a filmmaker as well. So that's why I always like revisiting films as well. But that will go ahead and I think wrap up this episode. Emma, thank you so much for coming on the show. Like that was so fun. I'm so glad we got to work it out with figuring out the crazy time differences and all that jazz. Yeah,
1: I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Where can the people find you? What are you working on?
1: Um spooky astronauts on youtube uh and yeah, the same on Instagram, I guess those are the two places I kind of hang out uh i right now i'm I'm just doing a whole heap of like recommendation videos because I find that people really like them, just giving you guys some kind of films that no one really talks about trying to <laughs> um yeah and I, I'm working on right now i'm doing a uh foreign horror films no one talks about, so I'm sure by the time this is up that will be up, but you can go check out my channel I have I think like over a thousand videos <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sure you'll find something
0: <laughs> yeah you definitely have a nice uh, back catalog going that has been <laughs> nice to be able to work through and just be like oh uh, if i just don't know what I want to watch right now throw on another one throw on some more spooky astronauts
1: <laughs> thank you so much
0: yeah of course oh! You thought it was the end of the episode, didn't you? I'm still here. Uh, Just to check in one more time. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Spooky Astronaut. She was absolutely fantastic. We had such a fun time talking those movies, coming up with some tinfoil hat theories, pitching a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde movie. Um, We had a really wonderful conversation, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. Make sure you go on YouTube and subscribe to her channel, Spooky Astronauts, Um, she puts out consistent horror content all the time. Great reviews, great lists and recommendations. Um, Super knowledgeable person. So, make sure you go follow her on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, make sure you go subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's where you find these videos, the video uh, versions of the podcast. It's where you also find clips of the podcast that I'll be uploading here shortly. There's going to be some uh, horror shorts. I'm going to start doing um, some like ranking lists and things like that as well. So make sure you guys uh, find Bloody Blunts on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. And I told you I was going to mention it one more time. Guys, get them five-star reviews. Please, please, please. Uh, I've teased it a couple times, and you guys will get the answer to what I'm talking about. But I am going to be doing a giveaway all of August... And the giveaway package is pretty fucking fire, so if you want to better your chances uh, to win the giveaway Bloody Blunts Care package, then make sure you go and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You will learn the significance of this later. But again, it just really helps the show, so that way more people can find the show, and uh, we can grow the club. We can grow the cult. I mean, club. Club. I say club the first time, and I meant it, but that's going to go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club. Make sure you guys find me on social media at Bloody Blunts with three O's. Next week's episode, we are closing out our heat-soaked horror month, talking about the final girls with the director himself, Mr. Todd Strauss-Schulson. You do not want to miss that. So until next week, guys, stay lifted.